it's time to expand online. Hi, I'm Jamie Sletsky, and this is the podcast where we break down the tech and strategies that successful hands-on entrepreneurs just like you use to translate their services into online products. There is no fluff. There is no overwhelm. There is no shame. Let's get to it. It's time for you to expand online. Welcome to the Expand Online Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky, and this is episode number 184. This is our third episode in our August Teacher Series. I hope you are enjoying this as much as my guests and I enjoyed recording these episodes for you. Today's episode is with a voice teacher named Jocelyn. She lives probably 25 minutes from where I grew up, so we meshed on that a little bit in here. What I love so much about this conversation is that Jocelyn is just a baby step ahead of where many of you who are listening right now are. You are ready to expand online. She is in launch for her online program. This is such a good conversation and I hope it gives you the momentum that you need to get started. And of course, I'd love to get started with a conversation with you. Go to callwithjamie.com. It's linked up in the show notes. And be sure to connect with both Jocelyn and I on social media, which is also in the show notes. Now let's get to this conversation. Jocelyn, welcome to the Expand Online Podcast. This is going to be such a fun conversation. You and I, we basically don't know each other at this point. We've had a few messages back and forth and I'm like, you would be amazing on the podcast (laughs) because of where you are in your online journey. I know that where you are is going to resonate so, so much with the listeners here. So welcome. Can you take a couple of moments and introduce yourself? And then we're going to get into all the good stuff. I love it. Thank you so much for having me, Jamie. I'm, uh, I'm really excited to be here. I have, um, been teaching online since, just like everybody else, since uh, the pandemic started in March of 2020. So I pivoted almost immediately when BC went into lockdown here, um, and I moved my entire studio online. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, I sort of look back on that um, process, and with everything that we've learned and everything that we know, I'm like, wow, we really like did a thing. We made that happen, and I without a lot of the new stuff that's come out now and the amazing tools and resources that are available. I mean, so online teaching for me, I've really actually enjoyed it. It's Mm -hmm. not something I ever thought about doing before because I'm a classically based teacher mostly with, and I do musical theater as well, but the, the model in classical music, I mean, unless you couldn't get to your teacher is to be in person, like right. to be online is is something that is was considered to be sort of not not as optimal. And most mm-hmm. people, if they had a choice, they wouldn't take it. And that's also partially because the tech was not awesome. And, um, you know, it's still a miracle. If this had happened 20 years ago, you know, we all would have just stopped teaching because there wouldn't have been any way to go on. You know, we didn't have things like Zoom or or anything like that. So I'm grateful for what we were able to accomplish with it, Um, but it was a huge, huge shift. And it's now become um, not just, uh, I mean, for us here in BC, it's a fundamental part of of our teaching 
toolkit now because um, I personally am not ready to go back in person yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it actually going forward, it's my platform of choice. I actually right. prefer uh, teaching online and I've been trying to keep up with the tech as much as I can. There's a couple of new apps that I'm using in addition to Zoom that I'm hoping to transition completely away from Zoom eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it's it's been a very interesting experience. Um, yes. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, like the pandemic forced an educational revolution in yes. the music space. Absolutely. I mean, I think across the board, but particularly pushing the conceived notions, the preconceived notions of what makes a music lesson mm-hmm. good. Yes. And we have been able to prove without a shadow of a doubt that music can be taught and received and improved upon, you know, like your skills can be improved upon using this technology that nobody was willing to touch their, dip their toe into yes. a year and a half ago. And I think that we're all better off for it. And I think that the future of music education is online. So I'm really, really excited that yeah. you are staying online, mm-hmm. that you're launching group programming online, that you're yes. doing one-on-one online, and that your students are going to have the opportunity to learn in a way that is conducive to everything else that's going on in their lives. Right. Yes. I mean, I the the magical, I actually have a, a page on my website that says, you know, how to maximize this magical resource because that's kind of what it is. It's mm-hmm. it's magical, but it's also something that everybody, well, I shouldn't say everybody, but a large majority of people will have access to mm-hmm. some kind of device that will allow them to interact where they might not have been able to get to a music lesson or they might not be able to get to their preferred teacher because of distance. I mean, I teach people all over the world now. I teach people in Hong Kong. I teach people in Montreal. I teach people in California. I teach people in Victoria. Like I teach people and I'm not, I know that I'm far from the only teacher that does that. In fact, my group class... I have a child in Kitimat, I have someone in Surrey, and I have someone in Victoria. Right now, those are my first three enrollments. And I'm like, where? how else would I be able to do that? I wouldn't be able to serve those kids if I wasn't online. Right. So You could theoretically serve them on certain days of the week, and you'd be traveling for hours and hours. You'd be taking the ferry. You'd be doing this, that, whatever. Right. And that takes away from the quality of lesson that you can create because you have all this extra overhead with the logistics. When we're online, the logistics are more streamlined. So can we talk a little bit about how you've streamlined the logistics for your own business? I love it. I, that actually is part of the reason, um, that I am so excited about being online because I used to commute for almost an hour each way. And I just did it because I thought I had, that's what you do. Like, that's where the job is. That's where the work is. So that's where you go. Um, Mm -hmm. And I also live outside of the downtown core. So students that I might be serving down there may not potentially be able to come to my home studio. So I'm, I actually 
position it as like anywhere in the lower mainland which mm-hmm. you know you grew up here Jamie so you know what the traffic is like and it's only <laughs> gotten worse so I mean the traffic to get from like the north shore to the Fraser Valley is a total impediment nobody is going to do that nobody is going to drive for a lesson for that so right. that's one of the things that I've been really focusing on is that you can have high quality voice instruction in the format of your choice either one-to-one or in a group setting without leaving the comfort of your own home. And I cannot stress enough how much I love not leaving the comfort of my own home. Also, my dogs are the happiest they have ever been in my whole life. (laughs) They are living their best life because they get to be next to me like all day long, which is great. And I don't think I've worn shoes since the pandemic started. So that's also a bonus. Um, But the way that I've been working with the technology is I have been like most music teachers, I've been based on Zoom because it is a program or a platform that everybody knows how to use now. I mean, mm-hmm. we had to do some handholding at the beginning, but everybody jumped on it. I use Acuity for my scheduling software, so it's possible to put the link in on the, you know, mm-hmm, on the lesson mm-hmm. reminder. So people just click on that. They come in. They know how to do it. I have a waiting room, so I'm able to control the flow of, mm-hmm. of students really well without bumping people out and, and all of that kind of stuff. But Zoom for singing in particular... I can't speak to other instruments because I'm, I only teach singing, um, requires a fairly significant amount of peripherals in order to make it optimal, especially with a professional level singer um, or a person who has a high voice or a loud voice um, mm-hmm. because Zoom is optimized for teleconferencing. It's not optimized for singing. Mm-hmm. So they've added all of those like music format and high fidelity music mode and all of that kind of stuff which is fine if your student has a microphone and headphones and they're on a laptop because you can't access those settings on a mobile device right so I mean and they also have to have really good internet or decent internet so Mm -hmm. I've been lucky enough that the majority of my students have pretty good internet I know I have colleagues who have not had that experience and it's been a nightmare for them it's been really hard Mm -hmm. um so the internet is really king. It's this, the speed or the connection speed is going to be really, really important. Um, but what I've recently discovered after working on Zoom for over a year is this amazing app called Musicology. Another and I, Canadian company. Yes, a Canadian company, Rebecca Featherstone in Toronto. And um, I hate change. I don't know about anybody else out there, but I, I really hate change. And I like had a system that worked and I'm like, it's not optimal, but it works and everybody knows how to use it. And the thought of like, oh my God, I have to onboard everybody with a new process and what are we going to do? And then I tried musicology and I lit my brain exploded because I was literally able for the first time in 18 months, I was able to play the chord and the melody line for one of my students Forêt songs and she was able to sing along with it and we could both hear each other and she could match the timing and she could match mm-hmm. the rhythm and match every like I was I actually started to cry like it literally was a moment where I I can't I couldn't believe after living in a call and response world on Zoom which is all there is it just mm-hmm. does not have and I'm sure Jamie you know way more about it than I do but there's something about it running through a browser or something where the lag time is just 
it's just high. It doesn't really matter how fast your internet is. It's not peer to peer. It's not going to give you the potential to actually be together with someone on the other end. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know, and I, you know, musicology is one. I've, I've actually had a conversation with Rebecca myself. There are other apps out there that are designed for music education. Mm -hmm. You have to think about if you were performing, if you were a performance musician, Mm -hmm. what tools would you want to be using? And then take that, okay, I want to make sure that I've got an amp, I've got a good microphone, I've got good, you know, earpieces, all of those things. Right. And taking that into the teaching space right. is is the direction we want to go. It's not, we're going to start with a stage with a loudspeaker. You know, right. like that, that, that's, that's the difference. I mean, a yeah. stage with a loudspeaker, that's Zoom. These other apps and these Mm -hmm. other tools, they start from the professional and bring it into the teaching space. And it's Mm -hmm. just a different way of looking at it. And I think it's so, so valuable to realize that you can change. Just because you started on Zoom and your students are used to Zoom, it doesn't mean you have to stay on Zoom. You just update the link that you have in the Acuity exactly. calendar yep. and they click on something new. You let them know we're using this new tool and this is why. And the, all the benefits and people adapt. Oh, we yeah. know this. People who never thought they would take singing lessons online, they did it out of necessity. They adapted and they like it. Yes, a hundred percent. Like I... I have to say that having found Musicology is my app of choice also because of all of the other things that it includes, like the whiteboards and mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. interactivity from both sides, because my kids, I got to shout out to my, my, my kids' students, like they have done amazingly during this whole situation, being online for so many things and just staring at a screen you know, I mean, they like to play with the Zoom filters and I've, right. I, you know, I have more than one of them come into the lesson with like a French beret on or whatever. And that's fine. Um, but the fact that they can touch things and there's emojis and there's metronomes, like I, it literally, it's everything that I have been trying to pull from six different sources with like a different app over here and another app to screen share and another app for whiteboard and having everything in one place. Cause I also love to have um, streamlined. Like I love to have everything in one, one toolkit. Yes. Um, and I will most likely continue using Zoom for certain things. I mean, right now there is not a group class functionality available in Musicology, although I'm told that it's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will most likely stay on Zoom for that, which is fine. And then we'll transition when that becomes available. Um, but I think that idea of flexibility and realizing that this evolution of how tech is working in the music studio is going to continue just like more people hopefully are going to be able to keep working from home. Like Mm -hmm. things have changed. We don't have to go back to the way that it was if it wasn't serving you. Like you don't have to do that. You can pivot. You can keep pivoting. Totally, totally. And, you know, one of the really nice things about staying online with music education is that a lot of the kids all around the world are going back into the classroom. So they are getting that human connection 
-hmm. from their classroom. So they don't need to get it from all of their extracurriculars as well. It's one of those things that when classroom education was being done remotely and they weren't getting that connection, it was hard to convince people sometimes, the students, the parent, the parents more likely than the students, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that they kids could still get a benefit from a music lesson online. But now that the kids are back in school and the parents are realizing, <laughs> as a parent myself, realizing how much more driving they can avoid by having their yes. extracurriculars back at home. They can have dinner going and not have to worry about the timer going off in order to get out of the house to go and pick up their kid from lesson. Yes. I mean, this is a huge thing. I've had several parents say to me when I said to them, you know, I'm going to be staying online in the fall. That's a decision that I have made because I prefer to have my schedule locked in mm-hmm. for, you know, I don't, I know there are a lot of people who love, who want to be back in person and they're willing to adjust if like, we go back into lockdown and they'll go back online or whatever. For me, it was really important to provide continuity of scheduling for my clients as well as for myself because mm-hmm. I need to know what my schedule is going to be. And there's a big difference if you need to add a 30, 40, 50 minute commute to something. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to affect if you're able to come and all of that kind of stuff. So I basically said, this is what I'm doing. And I had several parents say to me, you know, we weren't really sure that we were going to like this, but I actually really love that she can come home from school and have a snack and then go into her bedroom and have her lesson. Like, I love that. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, me too. Like, (laughs) I also love that. I'm so happy that they're eating snacks and like not being in the car to go from thing to thing to thing. I mean, it's none of my business how parents choose to schedule their kids, but I will say that I notice in the kids a lot more focus, a mm-hmm. lot more attention. Um, and even with the the slowing down, I, sometimes that lag can be so frustrating online, no matter what platform you're on. But I also noticed that when we embrace that, the slowing down of that processing is actually can be really beneficial to the learning process because we're not like bang, 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 bang. And the kids slow down and I slow down. Even my, my adult students too. We're not in this huge tearing rush to like get through as much as we can. We just are kind of getting through what we can and retaining it, which is the idea. Oh my God. I love, love, love that. I think that that's one of the misconceptions about online is that you can pack as much as you possibly can into 60 minutes or 30 minutes or 45 minutes Mm -hmm. because you're available, because you're there. And in in an in-person classroom, you are not teaching the full 30 minutes, 45 minutes, 60 minutes. You are chit-chatting with the kids. You're letting them stretch. You are having them experience the work. Right. When we come online, we need to bring those same pauses and those same experiential aspects into the online space. I know that one of the things that I have always done when I'm doing workshops or whatever I might be doing online is building in stretch breaks. Mm -hmm. Get up from your chair, run around the block or run around your room or go grab a snack, go grab a fresh glass of water and come back. And those are things that oftentimes people 
try and avoid adding in mm-hmm. into the online lessons because of per- perception, self-perception, or maybe the perception of the uh, person who's paying for the lesson right. thinking they're not getting the value. So can you talk a little bit about how you structure, whether it's group lessons or one-on-one mm-hmm. lessons, in order to build in that space for the experiential. Yes, I love that. And I am very clear about um, those kinds of things in my studio, uh, which I'm I'm lucky enough that I I really do work with clients that are ideal for me. Because Mm -hmm. uh, as I said at the beginning of this, before we hit record, I love to talk. I am a talker. I am a storytelling teacher. That's how I convey information. Mm-hmm. And I I get to know my students and I care about them. So the first five minutes is always going to be, how are you doing? How was your week? What did you do this week? What was fun? What's your dog up to? Because we also forget that that transition from one um, activity to another mm-hmm. has been lost somewhat in the online space right? Uh, because the time it would take on the drive from one place to another, which gives you a chance to let go of the old thing that you were working on and focus on the new thing that you're going to do or walking in between classrooms or what have you. This is something that um, Shannon Coates talks about. This idea of transition time has been lost and it's really, really, it's not just valuable, it's essential for students Mm -hmm to have that reset before diving into a new thing. Like you need to give your brain a chance to reset. Mm -hmm. So I'm always going to talk about that. We're always going to do some stretching. We're going to do some warming up. And then I'm going to ask them in a one-on-one lesson, what did you work on? What do you want to work on? What is the best way for us to work this week? Mm -hmm. Um, I like to give, obviously this will vary from client to client. Some clients, we have a verbal discussion about that. Sometimes I have a list on a whiteboard and I'll be like, you pick where Mm -hmm. do you want these, this, these are the things we're going to talk about today. You pick, you can do this one first. You can do the last one first. We could go in the middle, whatever you, however you want to do it. Sometimes I work with timers, you know, it just depends on what the child or the adult student needs. Cause I work with all ages, um, and so we'll we'll do a warm up generally a vocal warm up and then we'll talk about singing repertoire or we will work on RCM exam prep or we'll play a game um and so it really just sort of depends i'm very much uh fluid when it comes to lesson planning so i have a general idea of what we're going to be working on and then i kind of just sort of see where it goes. I will say that during the pandemic, I have seen, um, and I mean, I'm certainly feeling it myself. I'm sure you are as well, just fatigue in general. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a lot of the times with the kids, especially, and again, with adults, I should just say students, honestly, because they're all, you know, everybody (laughs) has this similar needs because we're human beings, no matter what our age is. But I will also do like listening labs. You know, if you're not focused or you're feeling really tired today, your body's tired. Let's talk about Leontine Price. Let's talk about Brendan Urie. Let's go on YouTube and let's look at uh, an example of this kind of singing. Or here's some singing, like for instance, I always, especially with my students who are not familiar with opera, my go-to video is uh, Leontine Price's farewell performance of Aida at the Met where she sings O Patria Mia, and there is a literal four-minute standing ovation. 
Um, and it's like from 1985. So it's like a crazy grainy, like PBS, somebody taped it on a VCR off of their uh, television. <laughs> but it is, this is a, something that opens up conversation. So we talk about that. Or I say, what are you listening to? Show me what you're listening to. What's your favorite song right now? And then sometimes we use the algorithm from YouTube and we go down a little rabbit hole and we talk about what do you think is happening there? Do you like that? Why don't you like that? Mm -hmm. Right? Let's talk about critical listening skills because all of these things are valid to discuss mm -hmm. in a music lesson. They are not... Um, a waste of time by right. any stretch of the imagination. And I find that a curated listening directed activity can be more valuable than just saying to a student, go listen to something on YouTube. It allows us to have a conversation about it. And I think discussing this, like, as you said, before I started off on this tangent about, you know, how do you explain to people who are paying for the lesson whether that's the parent or the adult student, um, that these things have value, that that the lesson is not about singing for 59 minutes. That's not, <laughs> that's literally not what I do. And I don't really know any singing teachers who actually do that. Um, but that's a, a misconception, right? So I see that as part of my job is to educate, mm -hmm. is to educate people how I work. And that's why I do an initial fit session to see to meet everybody before we make a commitment to one another because I am not for everybody. No teacher is for every student. So I want to make sure that our styles vibe, that we have good energy together, and that you that the client actually wants what it is that I'm offering because some people don't, which is totally fine. Um, but part of my job is to be like, this is how a singing lesson works in my studio. This is how we're going to work together. And this is why, because, oh my gosh, I hate arbitrary, like, this is the way we do it because I said that's the way that we do it. <laughs> I mean, I hated that when I was a kid. I, I don't, I hate that. Just explain it to me. So I'm happy, I'm very happy to talk about it with anybody who wants, like any student who has a question, I look at it as an opportunity to engage with them and explain to them why this is valuable mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and what the value is in activities like that. So, yes. yeah. So that's kind of like a very loose pacing. And that's usually my one-to-one -one stuff. Mm -hmm. um, as you said at the beginning of this, I am just one baby step ahead here in that I am launching group classes in the fall. Right. Which I am very excited about. Um and I have three of them. So the one that I'm doing with kids is based on Nikki Loney's uh, full voice curriculum, which I'm extremely excited about. Um, and so what I'm doing there is I'm actually in the process of, of planning out those classes. Mm -hmm. um, I normally don't do that. I am, like I said before, I'm kind of a seat in my pants kind of person. Um, and I like to sort of see where the, where the, where it goes, like, where does the lesson going to go? Where's the right. class going to go? What do you want to talk, like, what's the prevalent themes that are coming up? And then we kind of go in that direction, which I probably will do for this full voice class. It is a weekly class over 11 weeks, and I have three of those sessions. The idea being that we're going to work through the entire workbook, the introductory workbook, by the middle of June. Um, but we're starting off with 11 sessions, and I will probably do a fairly detailed 
this is the chapter we're working on. Here are the activities that support that chapter. And then working on some concurrent ideas. So Nikki has so many amazing resources, you know, with songs and vocal studies and lovely little activities. Um, so I'll probably loosely lay all of that out and then we'll see how it goes. <laughs> we'll see how it goes and we'll you know adjust as necessary but the idea being as well because all of these kids are remote and what is included in their group class are all of their materials so I've included the price of the the workbook I've included mm -hmm. the prep time and all of that into my pricing model so that I can give them the workbook the coloring sheets mm -hmm. all of that stuff so that parents don't have to print things so many people don't have printers now you know, like everything is, I'm just going to hand them that package or mail them that package and be like, this is what we're doing. They just uh -huh. need to have this at their class time. Um, and that's the most intensive group class that I have running right now. Um, my other two classes, one is for uh, teens, older teens and young adults. And one is for adults only, which is sort of my sip and sing, come and sing and have an adult beverage or not, whatever it can uh -huh, be, uh -huh. you know, non-adult, that's fine. But the idea being that it's a bit more social, a bit more of an opportunity to connect and sing for people and and, and have fun from your living room. Right. Um, you don't have but, to go to a karaoke bar. <laughs> exactly. And so those classes are more based on a monthly format. They're like a masterclass format. Mm -hmm. So that will be a student will stand up, they'll sing whatever they want, and then I'll give them feedback and we'll work on it for a little bit so that other students can hear what's going on and observe, and then they also get a chance to perform and get feedback for their peers. So yes. that masterclass format is something I'm much more comfortable with. I do that a lot. I think that's great. I love the fact that you've got these different things. Um, my last question for yeah. you is, with these group classes for these kids, where you've got three enrollments, mm -hmm. how have you explained the benefit of this program to the parents, to the person who is purchasing it for their child. Because I think that that is a big hurdle that a lot of people are like, well, I've just listened to Jocelyn and she's like, I think it's going to go this way or that way. How did you not necessarily convince, but encourage the parent that this is going to be a worthwhile program for their child? Oh, that's a such a great question. Um, I started off by focusing on um, how kids benefit from being around other kids who are mm -hmm. doing the same thing as they are. Full disclosure, I am not a parent, um, but I've observed this uh, in the kids that I've worked with. Um, they are benefits that they get from group activity where they get some individual focus as well as not individual focus, I mm -hmm, think is really mm -hmm. beneficial because some kids are shy and they don't want to sing by themselves. Um, so there are a lot of benefits to <clears throat> the group format, first mm -hmm. of all. Um, and then I talked about the cost benefit to the client because right. it is a huge cost savings, um, for them to be in a group format versus a one-on-one -on -one format. One-on-one -on -one right. format is obviously going to be more expensive. And, uh, and some kids don't have the, the focus, or the stamina. Some kids are, are too young. That's not to say that I don't, I mean, I have a seven-year-old in, in private lessons right now and she freaking loves it. Um, but some kids don't. Some kids need a, a slightly different focus. Some parents are not interested in that level of investment for a child that age. Mm -hmm. um, I believe you can teach singing to kids of any age. 
uh it you know it's just a slightly different approach than you would use with adults obviously right so um i also talk about the fact that these kinds of classes uh you don't really require any additional investment so you don't need to buy a piano you don't need to rent a violin you don't need to buy anything you literally just are going to use your body you're going to use your voice and you're going to use your body for percussion or for movement um and I emphasize the fun of it because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's really fun. Like, yes. It's fun to meet with your friends and learn about supersonic space bunnies and learn how to count. I mean, I had a little one who I actually did a little initial fit with her because her grandma wanted to make sure that she was a good fit for the class. And we worked on, you know, do, re, mi with the hand signs. And um, at the end of the class, she walked, or at the end of the lesson, I could see her walking away as her grandma came to talk to me, doing the, the signs and like mm -hmm. singing to herself. So they're learning something like solfege or whatever that they've never heard of before. So there's a real foundational aspect to it as well that's like hidden. It's like mm -hmm, the broccoli mm -hmm. under the cheese sauce. So they're they're learning all of those musical skills just like you would in a piano class or, or what have you only using your, your body instrument. So yeah, I try to explain the value of those things and also the online factor of it is you don't have to go anywhere. You can just put them at the kitchen table and they just sign in and they get to play. Totally. Fabulous. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. See, that's what I really wanted to pull out was the barriers to this are probably between your own ears. Mm -hmm. The barriers to launching your group program are things that you think someone else is going to think. Well, stop yes. thinking and just do. <laughs> exactly. Like the world is big enough for everybody's offer. I cannot teach all of the children in Vancouver. I can't. I don't want to. But right. I also don't have time. So what I am offering may not be the ideal thing for everybody. And that's okay because maybe what you're offering is ideal for your clients. And that's what's going to work for you. I Like a rising tide lifts all ships. I know that's super treacly to say, but it's true. Yep. We don't, you know, and I also would like to emphasize to anybody who is listening to this, like, I'm a little anxious about launching this. I mean, it's not, this is, I'll do it like the first couple of times I'll be nervous to teach that class and then I'll figure it out and it'll be fine because I'll have done the prep for it. But like, it's normal to be anxious about doing something new or teaching something new or like launching something new. But this is something that literally gets better the more that you practice it. You can't, do it in your head forever you can't keep planning it and moving it around on paper eventually you just need to like jump in and they'll come with you mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. the other thing I've I've discovered about this pandemic is that I as a client as a as a studio owner have really had to lead and been like this is what we're doing you don't have to worry about it you'll get the link you click the link and that's all you have to do there's no extras you don't have to figure it out I will figure it out and I will keep walking in front of you. And the majority of my clients have come with me and I have attracted new clients because I'm very specific and directional in what it is that I'm offering. So that's the other thing that I would suggest. That's taken a lot of back end work, by the way. I didn't just like wake up <laughs> one morning and have everything set up, but I've been very intentional about 
being specific and clear about what it is that is required of them. And I've tried to make it as little as possible. I don't want them to have to do a lot because people won't. So Mm -hmm. if we provide them with something that's basically plug and play, it's a little bit more work for the teacher on the back end. But ultimately, I think it garners much more, many more students, many more inquiries because you're clear. So that would be my advice. Just Uh. do it. Jump in and do it. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. I love it. I love it. Jocelyn, this has been so incredibly helpful. Oh, and you. I am just excited for the listeners here to be able to connect with you and ask yes. you questions if they want. Where is the best place for them to connect with you? Oh my gosh. I would love to talk to people about this. Um, I guess like just on email. So you can reach me at Jocelyn at jrdvoicestudio.com which I believe is in the show notes. I sent you all of that stuff. But I'm also on Instagram and Facebook, and I'd be happy to connect with you there. (laughs) My handle for both is JRD Voice Studio. So Very nice. Yes, Jocelyn, this has been such an insightful conversation. Yeah, insightful conversation. (laughs) I'm stumbling over my words as we finish this up. It's all good. Which is the what happens sometimes. And I know that this is going to be invaluable for the listener. So thank you so much much for hanging out with me today. Thank you everybody for listening. And as always, I love your feedback. If you want to go to callwithjamie.com and book a call with me, feel free to do that. And we um, just appreciate you spending this half an hour with us. It's been a total pleasure. And like I said, if anybody would like to chat further, I would be so happy to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Yep, absolutely.